I think it's such a good example, listeners. I would just say thinking about how we identify students who need extra support because of something that has gone on with them, right? And so that should be a practice on our campus that we tell our coaches, hey, when a student's injured, we need to hear about that so that we can provide them that extra support and just make sure that they feel seen. And I think a core piece of that is to understand in a way that you've really laid out so helpfully for us today that we see that your ankle is hurt, but to understand the motivation and the drive to be able to play and to practice and to be on the team and compete. It's not just that I'm sorry your ankle hurts. It's that I'm really sorry that you're missing out on so many experiences that is the reason that you're here, right? Hello, everyone. Glad that you could join us today. I'm Rachel Phillips-Buck, VP for Student Success for Ferris Resources. You joined us for cap and gown. On this Thanksgiving weekend, um, I'm really excited about this cap and gown because um, we are going to introduce our anchor athlete uh, of the year to you and spend some time getting to know Jessica Angelo. So really excited about that. Let me remind you that you can listen to us wherever um, you listen to your podcast, um, as well as getting connected with us on Zoom. You can watch us on YouTube. Please um, share our episodes with your colleagues so that you can have some common language around uh, the different things that we talk about. Next week, I'm going to be talking about... um, Pathlight, which is a way for you to help your students as they are choosing and confirming their major. So really excited about that one. But today we are so excited to announce the first recipient of our Anchor Athlete Sponsorship, Jessica Angelo. Um, She's from the University of West Florida. She's an outside hitter for volleyball. She's a sophomore. And the idea of this uh, sponsorship is really about highlighting and honoring an athlete whose contribution to the team comes from their exemplary character and the impact they bring on and off the court. So Jessica, in her freshman um, season, played 12 sets, finished the season with seven kills, nine digs, three total blocks, nine points in her first year. Um, she is a player that the coach says, Hey, we need you to solve this problem. And then she goes onto the court and she addresses whatever the issue is. So, uh, want to talk about being a student athlete, but also Jessica had an ankle injury early this season. And so I want to reflect with her on what it's like to play a supporting role on a team when you want to be on the court, um, but you also want to be a great team member. And so we're going to talk about some of that. Really excited to be able to to, um, recognize her as our anchor athlete. So Jessica, will you join me? Um, I just would like to say we work so often with um, professionals in higher ed, and we're always thinking about how do we make experiences for students better? And thinking through all that piece, it's just such an honor to have a student come and be like, let me tell you what it's really like. So (laughs) thank you for spending time with me uh, today. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. So I want to start with your recruiting story because um, that is really the, the place that you were led to the University of West Florida. So can you tell us how you ended up there? 
Yeah, so it is a little long and confusing story, <laughs> but I started my um, recruiting process uh, pretty early on in high school because I always um, played up with the older girls. So my I started getting my first offers my freshman year of of high school, actually. Wow. Um, and then, sorry, it just got out of it. <laughs> but I got my first offers my freshman year of high school. And I committed, like, beginning of my sophomore year of high school to a Division I school in Jacksonville, um, University of North Florida. And I was committed there for several years. And then um, they had a coach change. And so the, the coach told me she was going to honor my scholarship, all this stuff. And then when it came down to it towards the end of the season, she said that they had injuries and they needed more money to bring on another middle. They still, they still wanted me, but they weren't gonna give me as much of a scholarship as like we originally discussed. And I hadn't signed like my um, like letter of intent yet. So like they could do that. Like it was fully like in their rights to do that. It was, yeah. just, it just put me in a pretty bad position. So, but everything happens for a reason. So after that, I um, just started to get back on recruiting. And I don't know, I was always told like in high school, like it's gotta be D1, like it has to be, like I have to go D1 or I'm like selling myself short or something like that. You know, it's kind of like a preconceived idea that like a lot of young athletes have. Yeah. Like they think, everyone like if, if you're any good you're going to go D1 but that I realized after coming to the school I'm at now and I realized that is just so untrue <laughs> like um this program is like so competitive and the culture is just so amazing that I think a lot of D1 teams don't have that yeah as on all the visits that I went to because I did go on many many visits <laughs> to different schools D1 schools included the second go around of recruiting as well and I called coach up because another school was telling me uh, we need your answer by the end of the week and I was kind of in contact with the school that I'm currently at right now but it wasn't anything serious but like something was just calling to me like I got to see this through like I have to I have to see, are they going to offer me? I need to go on my visit, see if I like it here. Like, I need to have all my options. Yeah. So I got in the car. Coach told me to come. I packed up my car with my dad, and we drove down here. And it was during winter break, so there was, like, nobody here either. <laughs> so <laughs> I was able to get a good look at campus, uh, meet a couple of girls that were here, and it was just, it really just felt like home. That's so, Jessica, it's so interesting because we always talk about this idea of a sense of belonging for students, mm -hmm. right? That it's like you go and you meet the people and you look around and you think, this is the place that I belong. This is the place where I want to come in and spend my next four years. And it seems like that's kind of what you're describing. Like you just came and were like, yes, this is what I want to do. Yeah, absolutely. And it's even a feeling that I didn't have um, at the first school I was committed to. When really? I was there. Yeah, I felt this was supposed to happen almost, you know, like yeah. it was just the coach really like cares about us. Like, which is kind of rare in finding coaches. Like your coach just like care about you, but somebody who like cares about you beyond the player, mm. you know, like as yeah. a student as well. 
and as like a person. That's that's really powerful. So you feel like she's not just your athletics coach, but also she's rooting for you to be successful in all the different areas of your life. hundred percent, hundred percent. Like I, like she is like a really good like boss. Cause that's kind of like what we call yeah. it. <laughs> Her boss. Like she really is like, but I, I just really feel like if, if I had an issue, which I've had in the past, like I could come to her and she would really like help me, help me solve it. Yeah. That's awesome. We talk about students finding touch point relationships, like who are the people who I feel connected to and I know are on my team and are going to help me. And it sounds like that she's doing that for you. I have a question for you about that. So you're a communication major also, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And then do you have the same sense of community within your major or you primarily find your community and your group within your sport? Um, for me, it's primarily through my sport. Um, I wish I had more of a community, um, academically, but that also might be on me a little bit because I spend all of my time. (laughs) You're like, I'm kind of busy (laughs) with my teammates and everything, you know, but yeah, yeah, that's something I would like to be more like, I am close with a couple of my professors, um, where we have like a good relationship. And I really value that, but I'd like to like keep branching out on that. Yeah. So let me press on that a little bit further. I'm also curious, just in general, like if we think about the University of West Florida as a general university, do you have other touch point connections on the university besides your coach and your team? Is there anybody that you're like, oh yeah, they're also on my team, right? Like they're also in, in, in my corner. Yeah, um, we also have our, um, like, athletic counselor, like, academic counselor, and he is so extremely helpful. Like, he meets with us, and compliance is also very helpful. Um, Yeah, other than that, I also, like, community-wise, we have, like, an FCA group, which is, like, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Mm -hmm. So I got involved in that and that has just like brought in my circle, still athletes, but like different athletic teams and stuff. Yeah. And they're always, we always root for each other. Like we were all in the GSC tournament, like last week, the soccer was and football. So it was really fun to go support everybody. Yeah. It's really interesting. All of the different places that you can find those people. One of the questions we ask a lot of times is like, who would celebrate with you if something awesome happens, whether it's sport related or, or not, right? Like here's the list of people that I want to tell if, if something exciting happens. And I'm curious for you on the academic side, do, do you have faculty members who know you're a volleyball player and are watching your games and are excited to talk to you about what happens in those games? Absolutely. Like, um, some of my professors, not so much, but like, um, yeah, like I'll go in the class and be like, how'd it go? Because I got yeah. an email. Like, that's why you weren't in class the other week. So, like, what's going on? I was like, still undefeated. Like, it's, yeah. it's like a fun relationship. Yeah, they do ask a lot of questions about <laughs> sports and stuff like that. And they come out. Um, one of my professors is going to come to the uh, championship um, tournament that we're in. So he's pumped for that. <laughs> that's awesome. Is that, I mean, I would imagine that's really meaningful that they are paying attention to this thing that's so important to you. Yeah, 
it's so cool. It's just, it kind of just um, like deepens the like professor student relationship a little bit. It's like, we could talk about class, but they also care about um, like what's super important to me, like how like volleyball is like my, my whole, basically like a lot of my life. Yeah. <laughs> they ask questions and they want to come see me and my team succeed at games. Like it's just really cool. Yeah, I love that. We we are often telling our colleagues about how important it is for a student to feel seen. Like, I'm not just checking off the list that you're here, but like, I, I actually want to know you as a person. And I think what you said is so, um, such a good way to say it, that like, whatever the thing is that your students love, whatever the things are that they're passionate about, one way that you have a great connection with them is you invest in those things, right? And you realize them and recognize them and say, we can have a conversation outside of communication or marketing or whatever about this thing that you really love. So I think that's great. Um, okay, so I want to go back a little bit. You told us about your recruiting experience, but you are a legacy athlete, right? Your dad was playing football at Tulane. Your sister was playing, uh, played volleyball. Does your brother play football also? He does. He does. Okay. He's, he's uh, only a freshman in high school, but he, he does play football. It's okay. So was there, I don't know if pressure is the right word, but like, was there just an expectation from your family that you would go and play athletics on a campus? Yeah, absolutely. It was a, like a predetermined thing for a very long time. <laughs> <of my life. laughs> yeah. Um, and my whole dad's part of the side of the family too. He has five brothers and they all played high division one football. Um, wow. Yeah, it was crazy, crazy athlete family. So he was, my dad was extremely involved in my volleyball journey. He was my, doesn't, he never played volleyball. But <laughs> he didn't feel like he could coach me. Yeah. Ball player. <laughs> so definitely. So when did that start for you? Like you were little, little, and he was like, we got to pick a sport for you. Or how did that happen? Um, pretty much. So my sister was the more, promising athlete I would say uh, at a young age um, so she started around 11 and uh, he would he would, he would take her to, take us to like planet fitness or something like that <laughs> go run around the neighborhood hit a couple balls back and forth but yeah she loved volleyball and she was always um, skillful at it uh, yeah. me on the other hand I was very awkward as a child <laughs> So, but I was very long still, like long arms, long legs. So I looked like it, I had potential to do something. And I, I, I chose volleyball. Like I was like, it's gotta be volleyball. Like I love it. My older sister does it. I yeah. it on TV. This is like the coolest thing ever. So yeah, I probably started um, in middle school, maybe like I was playing in sixth grade, but I probably really started investing and like being like okay yeah like she she has the potential to go to the next level like that was probably like eighth grade I would say okay um, so that's when it got super competitive for me yeah I I'm sure that's a really fun thing for you and your sister to be able to share right like to be able to say yeah it's, we're very uh we have a lot of sibling competitive right yeah. <laughs> we played the same uh, position and we were always on the same teams. So awesome. Was, That's was fun. 
So your major is communication. Tell me why you picked that. I chose communications and I also have the minor in marketing as well. Um, I really wanted to do something that would like help me like showcase like my abilities and like graphics and like social media. Hmm. I wanted to do something in sports as well in the future. Like I wanted to try to make a career out of that. So I could still be like close to something that I'm really passionate about. And I thought that'd be like a really good fit for me. And I see our like game day operations people and like our personal like um, media guy for our team. And he's awesome. And I'm like, oh, I want to do that one day. You know, I was like, that's so cool. You're getting some kind of job shadowing, right? Just by doing what you're doing. You're like, I can watch exactly what he does and how he does it. And so can you help us understand this? This is your opportunity to educate us on what it's like to be a student athlete. Um, Because I think sometimes there's um, kind of preconceived notions of that. I find a lot of times people don't know what a balancing act it is, Mm -hmm. how much goes into being successful at both. And so I'm really curious about your reflections on how you balance those two things, how you put importance on one or the other, depending on what's needed. Will you just give us some insight into what that experience is like? Yeah, absolutely. Um, It is a lot and every program is different. Uh, Our program, we, this year, we have 6 a.m.s only twice a week and usually it's like four. So (laughs) a good time block this year. Yeah. When I had a heavier class load, like in person, like that's when it really, when I was like, that's what's hard for athletes too. Like, I feel like I want to take a lot of in-person classes, but I really can't. Like it is kind of unmanageable. Like I did that freshman year and I, I, I struggled even more with time management because we would have 6 a.m. until 8 a.m. Then I would have class at 8 a.m. until like 12.30. And then pre-practice was at one, taping and prehab and all that stuff. And then practice till 5.36. So it really was, I felt like I was never home and I never had any time to myself. So that like just took a toll on like my mental health and everything. Ah. I decided to take some more online classes. (laughs) Well, I just was going to say, I mean, that's more than a full-time job, right? I mean, six to six is more than most adults are working in a week. Mm -hmm. Um, So was there, was it a trade-off of like the schedule is so busy that, that although I'm doing in-person, which perhaps you would be able to be with your friends and talk to your faculty and all that stuff, the trade-off is it was just so much that it wasn't, there was no benefit to that. Yeah, that's how that's how it felt for me everyone's different I just it was too like it was just too much for me like I was I was just so tired I would find myself falling asleep in class which I just didn't think was fair to the professor like myself like I was just like sometimes at like by like 12 o'clock I was so tired and I really just needed like that time to like get my mind right before practice some people can do that and I know there's girls on my team that do still do that but I was just for me like I just like having my two classes a week so I have two days out of the week where I have um like a heavier class load of in person and that's just what I found works for me it took me a while to figure that out for myself 
And COVID kind of helped me figure that out because I didn't have in-person classes. And I was like, wow, this is like, I can bring selling. Yeah. You're excelling at the online class, huh? So what is your schedule like then? Are you doing online classes in the evening or when, when are you doing, when are you fitting those in? So my online classes that I have, there isn't a specific time where I need to be on zoom, except for like once every like couple weeks and stuff like that. So it's very manageable. Um, The two classes I have now are back to back on uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. So <clears throat> it's and I also don't have a car, so that also just complicates my <laughs> complicates <Yeah>. <laughs> so yeah, I just have Tuesday and Thursday where it's just way more manageable. It's only twice a week for classes for me, but everyone's different. Um and in season it's harder because it's hard missing so much class. Like yeah. Yeah, we miss so much class. We travel so much and we usually leave on Thursdays or and we have games on Tuesdays. So it's tough. Um, but some it's hard because some professors are more understanding than others. Other some professors are like, yeah, like I, I get it. Like um, we'll get this done next class or you can like sometimes I do need an extension when stuff is due like at 12 and I've been on a bus for the past six hours yeah. <laughs> it's hard to get stuff done on the bus with the bus wi-fi so but um yeah other professors are less less supporting i don't know that that makes that just makes life for an athlete more difficult because then we have to go through another party like get our um academic counselor like the athlete one involved and then he usually he's really good about helping like smooth things over but it is way easier with an understanding professors. Yeah. And I think um, what's interesting is I think sometimes faculty are not as supportive because they are valuing their class above everything else. And sometimes I don't think they understand that it's not like student athletes are lazy at all, right? (laughs) It's not like I'm not doing anything and I'm not doing your class. It's like, I am doing so much stuff and I want to be successful in your class, but I also have these other things that I'm juggling. Exactly. Um, that's exactly like what we say sometimes when like girls on team are frustrated, we're like, this is not like my only, like this class is not the only thing I have going on in my life right now. Yeah, and yeah, that, exactly. Sometimes like, it's just hard. I feel like mental health with athletes too, during like busy time, like, it is hard, like sometimes, like people, like it's hard to manage when you have a lot, especially when you're younger and you're not used to having this much stuff on your plate. So that's why it just makes life so much easier when a professor is understanding. Yeah, sure. Jessica, I really appreciate the insight that online classes could be helpful for some athletes. I don't know that that's a thing um, that athletes have historically had the flexibility to do. But because of COVID and because so many classes had to move online, it's really helpful to say that is a way that my schedule works better for me. Um, We're always talking about, I don't know if you've ever heard this before, kintsugi, which is this Japanese art of something breaks, like a vase breaks. And instead of just throwing it away, they patch it back together with gold. So they're using this kind of gold glue to put it back together. And so it's, it ends up being more beautiful than it was when it started. And so we're talking in higher education about how so many things broke 
we have the opportunity to put them back together and make them better and more useful and more beautiful than they were before. And I think that's such a great example of like everything's broken, but one great thing that's coming out of it is, oh, online classes for athletes can make their lives much easier, right? And you actually are missing less information because you have the flexibility to get it whenever you need to. So I love that. Okay. So I want to talk about, um, this leads us into a conversation about COVID and uh, the last crazy 20 months. So you missed your last season, right? You guys did not play or did you delay your season? We didn't play. Okay. So how was that? Especially thinking about you come to play this sport, you're excited about it, you're ready to balance athletics and being a student, and then pretty suddenly you're not going to have a season. What what was that experience like? It was so hard. It was tough. We were training so hard, um, like fighting every day, waking up at doing the 6 a.m.s every day, like working out hard, training, and then it is, it's kind of defeating when, when you hear you're not going to have a season and you're not going to compete because it's kind of, that's your, that's your goal. So I think what really was like the thing that everyone struggled with the most was the motivation, like the, the heart, you know, it's like, yeah. it's kind of like, it was kind of hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like we didn't know when we were going to compete again. So yeah. it was, it was hard. And then, but then when we finally were able to get some scrimmages in, like at the end of spring, we were like, so ready. We're like, we are so ready <laughs> other than us on the other side of the net. Like it was awesome. But our coach did such a great job of keeping us motivated and keeping practices like super hard. Like we, we've come out of the COVID year so successful because of like all the amazing things that she had us do during that time. Yeah. It's interesting because for athletes, the reward is playing, right? Like I'm waking up every morning so that I can go and play and compete and win. And so when you take that out, I can't even imagine how hard it would be to stay motivated to train hard, 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 because eventually, hopefully you're going to get to play, right? But you don't have like a, I'm training for Saturday kind of a, a feeling. Yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of like what we talk about a lot is our why. Like everyone has to have their why. Like it, it has to be something and we can't have to try to make it like everyone's the same because not the same things motivate everybody. Right. That's so good. We're always saying like the way that you don't get weary in whatever you're doing is you connect it to value, something that you value, Right. So if I lose sight of why I'm doing this thing, it just becomes like automatic and I'm not paying attention and I don't feel passionate. But then when I can go back and be like, oh, no, no, wait, wait, remember, this is why you're doing this thing. Then really simple things are meaningful and powerful and you live a, a good life, right? Like a good daily life because you're investing in things that are important to you. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So you're going to have some extra eligibility then, right? Yeah. So what, what are you going to do with that? Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, I can tell you <laughs> um, what I want to do. I, I want to play volleyball until they kick me out. Of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm going to play until I don't have 
any eligibility left. And that's like a decision that um, I definitely was like, what am I going to do with this extra year? It's like random. It's, you know, it's like not enough time to go to school for your master's and it's a year over when I graduate. So I was like, this is kind of like an awkward time. And then I was just like, I, I can't, I can't leave anything undone. That's how I think I would feel if I had an extra year of eligibility. And I just loved the sport so much. Like, it is just like what like gives me like a lot of life in my everyday. So I definitely, definitely want to use up all my eligibility for sure. <laughs> and I think I'm going to go for my master's. So um, even getting one year paid for helped pay for with um, athletics is going to be so helpful. Yeah, that's awesome. It's really nice that although you had a season that you didn't get to play, it's not like it was a wasted year, right? Like now you get to look forward to this extra, uh, this extra time. So that's Mm -hmm. awesome. Okay. So I want to move on to this season. So you very early in the season had an ankle injury. What happened to you? Yes. So, oh gosh, the story is <laughs> a frustrating story. And it's because it was during a game we were playing. Like, it was before practice started. And we were just playing, like, a little fun warm-up game, like, before the coaches came out, you know, just, like, messing around. And it came down on somebody's foot after I jumped and pop, pop. Oh, <laughs> Jessica. Down, down I go and it's I have a very it's like a running joke on the team like I have like a high pain tolerance and I'm like always joking around kind of so no one knew I was hurt when I was laying on the ground because I was like I was like kind of like ah oh, that hurt you know like yeah. and then they were like oh wait like she's actually hurt and then like the AT came out and everything but so did was- you know did you know instantly like this is bad yeah I, I've had ankle injuries in the past. Um, so I know when it's just like something I need to walk off and something that's going to take me out for a month. Yeah. I, I'm pretty aware. And then that was, that was pretty, that was devastating for me just because the season had just started and that was when all the windows were open, I felt like. So that was just hard as like a competitor to to be out that early on in the season when everyone's fighting for spots. And I felt like I just had to sit and watch. Yeah. And you're so excited because you have all this pent up like energy and excitement from last for missing. Right. And now we're going to get a chance. And then, so when did they tell you, like, did they immediately say this is going to be a month you're going to be out or, or what was that? How how did they help you understand what it was going to be like? Um, that's, what's tough is, uh, Ankles are, are hard um, because, especially when you just tear some ligaments um, and you don't like break it because there's not an exact timeline. It's kind of like how your body, like are you a sweller? Do you swell a lot? Stuff like that. But my uh, athletic trainer knew it was going to be a couple weeks. She she was like, because I, I couldn't walk on it for a little bit. That's not a very good sign. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, but it was it was kind of like play by ear type of thing. And then we also have like a protocol of how you come back from injuries. So like first day of practice, only three steps passing, only three steps laterally. So I had to do that for a little and then oh my goodness. And then 
I could then I could play back row and then I could do like baby jumps <laughs> front row, but nobody on the other side of the net, you know, it was just like in control drills. So yeah. it, was, it was a process of getting fully back. Um, Okay, so there are a couple of things that I want to talk about there. One is, what is the experience of knowing that you can't play, but also wanting to be a great team member? So I'm thinking about specifically during practices or during games when you're like dying inside because you want to be out there, but also want to support your teammates. What What is that like? I mean, I would say that's probably an experience that most people don't ever have. Yeah, so I always want to be the best teammate I could possibly, possibly be. And I really, truly want, like, everyone to succeed on the team. So it, it is hard when you're seeing um, just people playing, all you want to do is be out there. But it's, like, for the betterment of the team, like, is that we all succeed together. And if they succeed, like, we're all as a whole succeeding. So that's kind of how I, I had to look at it. And I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty loud encourager. <laughs> so I kind of just, I just tried to pour into them as much as I could, like, like with encouragement and just, I helped out with the drills, you know, just anything I really could do. But mainly I just tried to like pour into all my teammates. Yeah. They, they missed me. They missed having me out there too. Like I, I, I wanted to be out there. So they were really encouraging towards me as well to make a fast recovery. So that just made it even easier to pour into them. Yeah. Well, it's one of the reasons we picked you um, for the sponsorship because the being a good teammate, even when you can't fully contribute everything that you want to is just about character and being a good friend. And so it's really, um, we love that part of your story. I think it's really powerful. I also want to ask you when you were injured. So obviously your coach and your team members are being supportive of you and, and thoughtful about that experience for you. Is there anybody else on campus who gave you good support and that, or if there wasn't, was there anything that it would have been nice for your faculty or for other people on campus to say or do for you during that time? Um, thinking back, uh, I did have one professor that was um, uh, pretty, he was supportive. Like he would ask me questions about it and stuff like that. Uh, other than that, um, not so much. I would say coming from a academic like faculty standpoint, but I do think that would have been helpful. Even like <clears throat> around my apartment, uh, actually like this is an on campus, but there's like just this maintenance guy that walks around and when I was hurt, like he was just like, no, like he was so sympathetic. And he was like, every time I saw him, he would ask me like, are we back yet? Like, are you on the court again? Like stuff like that. And that just made me like, it like motivated me. Like it made me feel like someone, like I, like I mattered, you know, like yeah. I was, people want me back, you know, kind of like that. And yeah. people really are rooting for me. So that, that made me feel really good. 
So I think it's such a good example, listeners. I would just say thinking about how we identify students who need extra support because of something that has gone on with them, right? And so that should be a practice on our campus that we tell our coaches, hey, when a student's injured, we need to hear about that so that we can provide them that extra support and just make sure that they feel seen. And I think a core piece of that is to understand in a way that you've really laid out so helpfully for us today that we see that your ankle is hurt, but to understand the motivation and the drive to be able to play and to practice and to be on the team and compete. It's not just that I'm sorry, your ankle hurts. It's that I'm really sorry that you're missing out on so many experiences that is the reason that you're here, right? You're not as, as fully uh, entrenched in community because you aren't able to play and you're not, not able to practice with them. So I think that's a great reminder for us that it's not just about, I'm sorry, your ankle hurts, but it's you are really mourning and missing out on a lot of stuff that's really meaningful to you, right? Yeah, absolutely. It was, it did feel like isolating while I had my ankle injury as well um, yeah. because I couldn't do a lot of stuff. <laughs> Um, and I also wasn't traveling. Uh, we had a couple big uh, tournaments coming up, so I wasn't able to travel because the plane went swell my ankle too much, and it was already pretty. pretty oh. So I kind of just had to like sit at home while everyone left. So that's kind of a time where I wish I had more community outside of um, sports. And yeah, that's such a good insight just to be really mindful of the isolation and the, we talk about like unanchoring from community. So that happens like if you get cut from your sport or if you change your major, right? That you have like, here's my close knit group and now I'm unanchored for that. But I think it's really helpful to remember that that can happen even just temporarily. Like for that amount of time when your community is leaving you (laughs) because your ankle hurts, you do feel unanchored from them and isolated, right? So, but you're back in rotation now. Yes. You guys are doing awesome. You're number seven in the nation in division two volleyball. So that's great. And you have two conferences or two uh, tournaments coming up. Um, yeah. So our conference tournament is this weekend. And then the regional tournament, we is the weekend after like Thanksgiving break and all that stuff. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to see that you're being so successful. Um Is there anything else that you would like to share with us about being a student athlete, about being a student or being an athlete or any of your experiences over the last couple of years? Um, I think that the professor student relationship can, can be overlooked by both parties. You know, like sometimes, like I remember my whole freshman year, I kind of just went to class and didn't really put value on the relationship that I had with the faculty and the professors, but that will just make your experience at the university so much more meaningful. Like when you look back on it, you know, like when I look back at semesters where I really connected with my professors, I was like, that was awesome. And all I, like, I want to take their class again because I know that they support me and I know that, that they're going to do what they can to help me succeed as well. And that they're rooting for me other than just going to work that day. You know, it's just like, it sometimes feels with some professors like that. This is just their job. And I'm just here to sit here and listen to you talk, you know? <laughs> right. Um, well, but like when they make, 
Go ahead. Absolutely. And I think with professors, the extra effort, it just, it goes a really long way with the students. I know the student athletes, especially from my experience and my teammates' experience, like it's so valued. And then, <laughs> and then if, if you do make that connection, you will be a recommendation for that sports team for years and years to come. Like, right, because everybody knows, right? Like, this is the faculty who is going to root for us. <laughs> well, it's a good reminder um, for all of us working in higher education to say we can get to be experts for our student athletes, like we can just invest in being the kind of faculty, the kind of student development people who have a good reputation with athletes because we're invested in them um, and we're excited about all of the things that are important um, for them. So I think that's a great way for us to end. Um, you guys, I would encourage you I think what I'm getting out of this conversation is there are just so many ways for us to, to partner with our athletes, with our coaches, athletics directors. We, we want to have a great um, partnership with both sides of being a student athlete. And so it's good for the university. It's good for our individual students. It's good for our sense of community and our sense of belonging. And so I think that's a partnership that sometimes we overlook. And I feel really um, encouraged and reminded that we need to pay really close attention to that. So Jessica, thank you so much for sharing with us. Um, it's been really good to spend time with you and we will be rooting for your success. In fact, maybe um, I do cap and gown every Tuesday. So maybe in our next cap and gown, I'll keep everyone updated on how you're doing and how your season is going. <laughs> um, you guys join me next week for Pathlight, where we're going to talk about helping students choose and confirm their major and kind of the steps of that, something that I'm really passionate about. So please join us next week for that and have a happy Thanksgiving. Good to spend time with you, Jessica. Thank you. Thank you.